Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Hansel and today I have an amazing guest with me who is just going to blow you away. This is especially for empaths who are wanting to take their power back and really trust in the wisdom that comes from within. Sarah Small is the founder of the Uncensored Empaths and is supporting women entrepreneurs to create a thriving body, business and life. Sarah, it's an absolute pleasure having the show and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm just so excited to talk to you because like we were just saying before, like we know of so many people who are empaths, but not many leaders. And I just think it's so beautiful to to have this conversation today with you about like your journey of where you've been. Mm -hmm. I think we do need more empath leaders in the world. And it's a pleasure to be connecting to you as a fellow empath leader. I just think that more people are waking up to the fact that they have empath abilities and their intuition is stronger than they realize and they're getting curious about it and it's so much fun to guide them through that awakening and through that process as I'm sure you can relate yeah and it's I don't know about yourself but it's like oh it's so like heavy when you're doing it alone and then that's when like like for myself like I realize like what about other empaths? Like they need the support. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I think that we we're stronger together. We're stronger in a community and it's, it's super effective to focus on your own energy and raise your own vibration, but there is a huge ripple effect and just more Mm -hmm. exponential growth when we do that in community and together. And like we collectively lift ourselves up out of victimization or the wounded empath and into the more empowered, higher vibration empath. So I'm always looking for people to collaborate with and to bring into the community so that we can amplify each other. And that's how it should be. That's, And I feel like right now what's happening in the world, that's like a prime example why community is so key. Yeah, I was actually just meditating. It's morning here for me when we're recording this call. So I just finished my morning meditation before jumping on with you. And I had this really clear like visualization come through in my meditation <laughs> that's super related to this. And I saw myself as this sponge. And I often describe empaths as sponges to like whatever's happening in the world. And so on a day-to-day basis, there's already a lot of chaos that we <laughs> potentially are soaking up. In the context of a global pandemic and outbreak, Mm -hmm. we're soaking up even more. But what we don't always realize is that we do have a choice on like being a like free open sponge to anything and everything versus having boundaries and and methods of protection to be sponges to uh, more positive, hopeful things, especially in the context of the world right now. And then my my meditation just kind of like showed me the next step. It was like, okay, Sarah, you're not just a sponge. You're also an amplifier. And I saw it as like soaking in, but then also projecting back out. And wow. I'm also a projector in human design. So I resonate with really like projecting stuff out into the world. And so I think more than ever right now, it's so important to be at least intentional and aware of what you are soaking up because it's not just being absorbed into your energy body, you're Mm -hmm. also then amplifying that out into the world. And so we get to choose what is it that we want to amplify out? Do we want to amplify out the frequency of peace, safety, love right now? Or do we want to sponge up all the fear, scarcity, lack, and then put that back out into like regurgitate it back out into the world? And, and obviously that's that's not doing ourselves or the world any good. So I think it's so important to be mindful and aware of what we're sponging up right now. <laughs> yeah, wow. I relate with everything you're saying. It's so true. And we have a choice. And I think a lot of people don't haven't realized that they have a choice. Like even with myself, I remember in 2012, that was like my wake up call. Mm-hmm. I realized I had a choice to be happy, but I didn't yeah. know I had that choice <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. I just followed the system because that's 
what I'd known from a young age. And then it was like, oh my God, I can have happiness from within. And I feel that's what's happening right now. People are like, they've lived in fear for so long and now it's like raising up and it's brewing and it's like, Mm. now it's time for love. Now Mm. it's time to come back home to yourself. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. (laughs) Wow, that was amazing. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to go like into your journey um, so just like so everyone can hear what your life was like before. So before you became an empowered empath, like what was your life like? Well, I I truly believe that we all have the ability inherently within us when we're in the womb, when we're first born onto this planet to to have strong intuition, to have empathic abilities and to tap into our clear senses or clear senses that the clairsentient is the clear feeler, which is the empath, whereas many of us have also heard the term like clairvoyant, there's claircognizance and many others. So I believe we all have this ability, but I really also believe that we can either feel empowered by it or we can feel wounded and victimized by it. Uh, We can turn it on and we can turn it off. And so when I was first born and as a little girl, I remember it it feeling very turned on. So I was very aware of the energy around me. And I would talk to the fairies and I would build fairies. (laughs) And like, I loved nature. You couldn't like you couldn't keep me from going outside every single day. I just loved to connect to Mother Earth. And at some point along the road, you know, I in middle school and as I went through puberty and got older, it just seemed like like that wasn't cool. And the priorities shifted to like trying to be liked and being type A perfectionist and mm. trying to people please. And well, if you're highly sensitive and you're talking to fairies and using your <laughs> intuition, like your friends are going to think you're weird and you're not going to be part of the popular crowd and blah, blah, blah. And I really <laughs> turned it off at that point. And I also had a lot of stress and trauma in my, my, life at that same point around family issues, parents that were going through a divorce, uh, my first indication of health issues and like declining health was in seventh grade when I was diagnosed with stomach migraines. And so that was like really when I started to turn it off. Uh, I started to get really, really overwhelmed by it. And I already had so much just on my plate and so much stress I was putting on myself and expectations I was putting on myself that being sensitive to energy felt like the last thing that I wanted to add to my life. And so I did, I turned it off for a long time. And then I went down a really long journey, almost 14 years of chronic health issues as that was turned off. And I wasn't communicating with my body. I wasn't listening to my body. The messages that it was clearly sending me, I can see in retrospect, I just... I was super deaf too. I I really wasn't listening to my body. I was just trying to push and force and like hustle and again, (laughs) achieve, achieve. I'm also Enneagram type three, if anyone follows that, which is the achiever. And so that was the archetype I was playing out was achieve, achieve, achieve. That's what's going to make you worthy and important and well-liked, et cetera. So I'll, I'll speed up the story and just say I went through a lot of health issues. I was diagnosed with numerous autoimmune diseases, um, fibromyalgia, vitiligo, celiac disease. I had parasites wow. had traveled to my brain. I had <gasps> dysbiosis and um, parasite infections there and candida and bacterial infections and overgrowth. It was just honestly, it was a shit show. <laughs> and... I did a lot of dietary changes thinking, okay, I'm still going to like stick just to the physical level of healing. If I change my diet and, you know, if I do these certain things on the surface level, then that'll make me better, right? And I certainly did see some results in going on the autoimmune paleo protocol and getting inflammatory foods out of my diet and 
just really focusing on stress management. But then I hit a wall. I really, I was plateauing. I wasn't getting better. I still was really closed off to my intuition, still wasn't communicating with my body. And then in 2015, so um, five years ago, I lost my brother Jordan to suicide. And it came as just a complete shock to my system. Mm. And it turned out while that was the, the the biggest, most horrible shock to my system, it synonymously like at the same time was also the best shock to my system because it cracked me open in a way that allowed me to reawaken my intuition, to come back home to my truth, to drop my very, <laughs> very exhausting <laughs> habits of perfection and perfectionism and high achieving and just be myself and let all of the emotions be there and not try to push any down into corners anymore. Let myself be heartbroken. Let myself feel embarrassed. Let myself feel frustrated. Let myself feel isolated. Let myself feel grief stricken. Like just let myself feel all the negative things I had pushed down for so long. And that was really when I was also in a career that I was telling you before we pressed record that was fine. I was underpaid, undervalued, but I, I was passionate about the, the industry of sustainable food and agriculture. But it came to a point where all this cracked open. I started to see my truth. I started to see my path. I awakened my intuition. I felt myself communicating to my my brother, just his spirit, his energy. Mm. And I said, I, something needs to change. Something needs to change here. And so I quit my job, which was such a leap of faith because granted, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I also had no other income. So it was <laughs> something. And I remember asking for a raise and my boss at the time said no and like laid on the kitchen floor my boyfriend who's now my husband just like crying and like kind of going into panic of like they said no like I don't, they don't think it's worth you no more and it, it it was like okay you have a choice here Sarah like we were just talking about there's we have choices and we can be at cause or we can be at effect and being at effect means you're letting all the external circumstances of your life uh, guide you versus being at cause when you, meaning I I'm in charge here because I make the choices in my life. And I just got off that kitchen floor and I said, I'm at, I'm at choice here. I'm at cause. I get, I get to decide what I do with this and how I move forward. And I decided to quit my job and start my business. And through that, not only did my intuition awaken more and more and more and more, I finally felt like my body was healing itself from the inside out. I brought in the emotional and spiritual aspects of healing the chronic illnesses I had been dealing with. I saw huge improvements in my health. I saw huge reductions in my stress. My pain was disappearing. My anxiety that at one point was debilitating. I couldn't leave my house. It was so bad, like just disappeared. It was, I mean, I want to say a miracle, but it wasn't like I did the work. I committed to the emotional, energetic, and spiritual growth that has really transformed my life and allowed me to also step into this path of growing a successful business and supporting other empaths. And it's just been, <laughs> there's been a lot of rocks and a lot, I've fallen down and flat on my face a lot of times. <laughs> Not been perfect, even though it might sound kind of exciting. It's, it's, there's been challenges, but I wouldn't take any of it back or do it any differently. It's, it's all, ultimately, it's really helped me get to where I am today. Wow. Well, I just want to give you a massive hug, like seriously, because whew, you're the first person that I've ever spoken to who's gone through so many health problems like myself. And people would think, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, how did you overcome that? Like how? And I'm just so grateful to know you, like to get to know you as well, because it is really possible to heal and I think a lot of people don't realize that we can heal it's just that as empaths if we've never been given a guide or tapped mm. into our intuition or like you said the emotional side the spiritual side the physical side and get to know ourselves then we stay stuck and like yourself oh my god Sarah like I from like I think it was like the age of seven I started having different health problems IBS eating disorders like depression I had a car accident had short-term memory loss um my left arm stopped working in Canada. I had to regenerate it. And like, there were so many other things. And it was a cancer scare that woke me up in 2012. Wow. And I was just like, enough is enough. And before that, I was in a job like yourself. I decided to, so I was a journalist at the time. And then I decided for a few months to go into the publishing world. I was like, mm, let me just make some extra money. And then I'll go back into health journalism because I've always loved health. It's <laughs> It's been there. And I worked in a pharmacy and my mom was a nurse. And it was just, it was, I was always interested in like health, but I'd always look at the 
medical side, not the holistic side at that time. And yeah. so I did this job, made loads of money and I was unhappy and I collapsed. And funny enough, actually, it was two days ago was my eight year anniversary of when that happened. And um, I remember walking home that day and like the people I'm working with were just oh, not the type of people I wanted to be around really I was the one that was listening to their problems on my breaks and lunches and when I collapsed nobody went with me to the hospital and I remember being so hurt and in the ambulance and thinking why why am I around these kind of people and I walked home that night and it wasn't exactly close to the hospital from my house but I, I probably about walked for about an hour I remember saying to myself it's time to change but I didn't know what that meant at that time so I thought oh maybe I'll quit my job and like find something else and I, I gave myself like a deadline but then it's funny how the universe works within three months I was made redundant and I remember shaking my boss's hand and saying thank you that's the best decision you've ever made and then a series of things happened after that I got um, a cancer scare and then I thought I was gonna die you know you know when you just think oh the worst thing so I was drinking clubbing try thinking that's gonna save me and then when they told me they misdiagnosed me that was like the clicking point and oh. yeah I walked out crying and I could hear this inner voice saying you know it's time to heal and I was like whoa and everything just changed and then my career path changed and like I was helping young people then I had a radio show and it just took me in and then I was invited to like these holistic the holistic world and like doing these events and oh and then I it was 2015 I broke down again because I was overworking again like I did in my um the industry before so I was living off like three hours sleep like an idiot <laughs> wanting to <laughs> succeed the perfectionism in me like I've got to help I've got to help people and then I had a kidney um kidney problem and I found out actually in 2015 it was a kidney defect I was born with it and I didn't even wow. know yeah and the strangest thing is my mum worked in the kidney renal unit which is just like <laughs> whoa <laughs> it's like the pattern this is so weird um but yeah that was like my deeper breakdown and kind of like yourself I lost my grandma in 2015 as well and like there was just so much clearing and like Again, I still resisted until about 2017 and the doctors wanted to remove my kidney and I fought for about two and a half years. I was like, I'm not doing it. And I managed to save it. And yeah, it's just been a crazy journey like yourself. And since then, I was like, oh, my God, I've always been here. I've always been an empath and I'm here to help empaths. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, don't you feel like some of those on the surface, they probably are some of the hardest, most challenging, maybe negative things in your life. But I feel like those moments have also been the biggest turning points and the yes. biggest wake up calls. Yes. Oh, I could, you just reminded me of something. It was, I think it was 2018. Like I had loads of old journals from like 2010. So that's when I was like in the sadness time and I didn't, God knows what I was writing in there <laughs> that time. Um, <laughs> And I remember having them in 2018. I was like, hold up. Do I really need to hold on to these things? I remember walking over this garden at the time and I went to go burn them in, in this incinerator. And I literally started having a breakdown, Sarah. Like I was crying and I could feel the weight of the books. Like they were so heavy, these journals. Yeah. And it was almost like I was letting go of that past. Mm. Like the emotions of others or whatever I'd written in there. I was mm. releasing it. And when I burnt it, I, I just felt even more free. <laughs> Uh, yeah I can imagine that and every I mean everything holds energy so those journals do hold energies yeah. and that I at one point I have a home office here in my house and even just being there was too much in here like I had a lot of like and it was a lot of self-help books and it was a lot of like personal development stuff and I at one point was realizing how heavy even the energy of like yeah. self-improvement things were in my space and I just like no like I gotta get rid of half these books I gotta put the other half in the other room we need like space to breathe as empaths and yes it, everything carries a frequency everything carries an energy and so it's really important to be mindful of like what you are carrying from your past like journals or um, even old keepsakes from like re old relationships for example and maybe that relationship was really toxic for you but you're still holding on to whatever keepsake or picture letter or whatever and just like asking yourself I've had to do this so many times where I just go and it's not always easy to let go of these things mm -hmm. because they do hold a memory maybe partially good and partially bad but we just have to remember that all of this carries an energy and that by releasing it we're actually creating space for something yeah. else beautiful to to enter into our lives 
Absolutely. Oh my God, I relate with what you're saying. Like people thought I was nuts. I was like getting rid of everything and like starting afresh. Like so relate with the books thing. Oh my God. Like I literally would just leave the, the books that I didn't want anymore on like park benches. <laughs> I'm like, somebody else can have that. Like one for you, one for you. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Or I'd just leave it near a library or something. And you're right, I had yeah. so much clutter in my office at that time. And now it's like so free and like with plants and things that nourish me. I just yeah. didn't realise yeah. that carrying so much in like you guys out there like even your bed sheets it might it might sound insane but like from a previous relationship even those bed sheets will have energy it, yeah rid of them. <laughs> oh, wash those whatever you need to do maybe just replace them <laughs> uh especially during sleep like sleep is so sacred to our energy and our our like literal physical energy as well as our energy body and we need sleep to create a foundation, a healthy foundation for our ourself, our health as a whole. And so much happens during sleep around processing energy, integrating energy, releasing energy. And so my bed is also just like a really sacred space that I'm always making sure like feels like clean not just like literally like clean sheets but clean energetically uh so like if you need to spritz some essential oils wave some sage over your bed whatever you need to do so that <laughs> that can be like a really nourishing hopefully seven to eight hours of every single day where you get to decompress and like digest everything that you might have picked up during the day and like with yourself, do you like, because I have to do this because I cannot sleep if I don't. I put my phone in airplane mode. Either I leave it in my cupboard or I leave it in my office. <laughs> That's so good. I need to start doing that, especially I don't even wake up to an alarm. So my old excuse was that, well, I need, you know, my alarm on my phone. And <laughs> honestly, now my body just naturally wakes up around seven my time. And I never have calls usually before 10. And so there's plenty of time there, even if I slept a little bit past seven, to not need an alarm. So, so <laughs> I I should really start putting my phone in a, a different room because I will sometimes catch myself like leaning over and grabbing it and starting to scroll. And I'm like, Sarah, stop, Sarah, stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's like not the way I want to start my day. And I, I've had conversations with several doctors around the harmful impacts of EMFs or electromagnetic frequencies that your phone gives off. And guess what, everyone listening, like as empaths, I feel it's my, I don't have evidence to back this up, but my belief is that we're very sensitive or extra sensitive to all those electromagnetic frequencies or EMFs that have that have been show, shown to be um, harmful to especially our, our brains. And I just believe that as empaths, again, as a sponge and an amplifier, what are you sponging? If you're sponging up harmful frequencies into your brain for the whatever eight hours that you're sleeping at night, like... <sighs> You've you re you re motivated me to put my phone at least across <laughs> the room. It's <laughs> one thing that a habit that I've been trying to create for myself lately. It's a real game changer. Like I know the old me before would be like in loads of groups or like social media would be going off, and I'd like, oh, let me just check this for ten minutes, and then it'd be two hours, and yeah. like it would mess in my head. Then I'd be drained. And since I've done this, I've done it on and off for a few years. And since I put it in the cupboard or I like I could even put it like right far away from me or even in the office, I don't mm -hmm. think about it. I just like, ah, this is my yeah. day. And then I set up my routine. And then when I've done my routine, then I check my phone and I feel so much better. But when I ignore that, then I feel like a mess. And right now yeah. with the chaos in the world, I think it's so important to do that. Switch it off because we, we have it. Especially because we, we want to be aware of what's going on, because like like we were saying before that we don't know what's going on. But that's the worst time to look at news at night. Do not do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're about to go to sleep. There's not much that's going to like change in that moment that you're going to yeah. do differently in that moment anyway. So just let yourself go to sleep without all that energy <laughs> and that can literally manifest then into your dreams around fear or panic or mm -hmm. whatever the emotion is. And instead, allowing yourself to be more of a clear channel for that digesting and integrating of energy and it's, again, yeah, it's great to be informed and aware, but we don't have to be glued to our phones at every second. 
Yeah. I almost feel like we need to be like our ancestors. Like I think of like the rainforest and like community, like they weren't on their phones. They just go about their day, not caring. (laughs) I mean, even I remember just when I was little, I would walk over to my friend's house and be like, Hey, can Mary come outside and play? You know, (laughs) like it was no big deal to knock on someone's door and be like, Hey, how are you doing? And they cut, they're like, come on inside, come out in the backyard. Let's hang out. And now everything's scheduled and planned and you text before and you call before you make any of those plans. And it's just, I, I personally do miss the more simple life, the, the, the simpler version of communication before, before social media existed. I mean, social media did not exist when I was little and it, while I, I use it every single day to grow my business and I'm super grateful for it because it's allowed me to connect to amazing people across the entire world. I also do miss a simpler life yeah. where we weren't so, at least not so connected to it. And we did walk down the street and knock on our neighbor's doors and just say, oh. Hey, how are you doing? And that like really pure human connection versus I do think social media keeps us connected, but it's a different type of connection. Yeah. And I feel like there's no boundaries on social media. Like there is no, like there's no boundaries on social media. Whereas as humans, we can have boundaries. Yeah. But social media, people don't understand that. Okay. we Like, don't get me wrong. I love helping people. I know you love helping people, but we also need to have boundaries as well because we, we have that nature to give but we need to learn how to also not give as much, right? Yeah, yeah. And the the weird thing about social media is that you can be someone who is not yourself. You can be anybody mm. and you can make a profile or an account. I feel like especially on Instagram, like your profile picture is really little or maybe it's <laughs> in your face or like who the heck are you? I mean, <laughs> didn't want, if I didn't want to be Sarah on social media, I could potentially pretend to be like a man named Frank and <laughs> I could go and I could, and this happens because I've received yeah. trolls on, you know, my account and then they just go and bash people. And it's just, to me, I always consider, okay, so I, first of all, as an empath, it's easy to take that really personally. And I've had to create a boundary around not taking any, criticism or hate personally and realize that that person if they are if they really are who they say they are on social media like would they what if you were standing at my front door would you have (laughs) ever said that to me probably not I just feel like it gives us people this this false sense of uh courage to say things that they wouldn't normally say in person and again, as an empath, like I'm not going to try and stop that from happening because I know I can't control other people. But what I can control, like you were saying, are my boundaries around it. And so I just don't even engage with those types of people. And I will just simply block them and be like, you know what, (laughs) sending you angels, sending you light. I hope you figure out whatever it is that made you want to say that to me. And like, be, be like, honestly, be well. Yeah, I forgive you. And I cut I cut this cord of attachment mm-hmm. so that it no longer affects me negatively. And instead of again, being that sponge of like, Oh, my God, this person said this horrible thing to me, or they don't like me or whatever. And, yeah. and like, really just having the boundary that I'm putting out my truth. And I'm I'm putting out what I believe is healing messages, healing work into the world. And it's not going to be for everybody. And that is totally totally okay so I have to have boundaries around it absolutely and I've been the same like over the years I've had I had one horrific troll one many years ago where it was like the community like about 100 people boom at at me at one go but you know that was again that was a learning curve for me to then not allow it to affect me and at that time I didn't know that I was that I was an empath I just thought oh like I I absorbed it as if it was my own but I realized in that moment like now if somebody says something nope bless you or like I just send them love because at the end of the day like we are a trigger like because we are so in tune with ourselves as empaths and we have this clear energy people some people just assume that they can just throw anything at us but it's because we sometimes trigger things within them that they need to clear and we're a reminder of that we're here to remind them of their own inner light doesn't mean that we have to give our light to them I've triggered so many people (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I, while I don't like wish like ill upon anybody, I really believe that as leaders, when we are at like all leaders, when they are triggering something in somebody else are actually doing their soul's work. And I have to then also be on the other side of that. So yes, I know I have triggered a lot of people and I hope that that has sparked some growth and some awareness in them. And I've also been triggered by other leaders and Again, we're, we're, we have a choice. Am I going to notice that trigger and just be, you know, pissed or hurt or frustrated or judgmental because of it? Or do I see and become aware of the trigger and then go, ooh, she triggered something in me. That means something is not healed. Something wants to be healed. This is maybe a disowned part of myself that I don't like, that they are now um, acting out that I'm like, you're not allowed to be that way. Cause I don't think I'm allowed to be that way. And really, I mean, it's, it's radical honesty with yourself and it, it is really vulnerable, but I, I choose in the, that choice to notice when I'm triggered and also use that as opportunity for my growth forward to understand my own programming. Absolutely. And one of one of the things about trolls, somebody gave me the best advice many years ago and said, imagine if that person on the other side was a 90 year old. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to think about that from now on. So if anyone says anything negative, I'm just like, think of a 90 year old and just send them love. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and I wish you well. Again, like send the angels. Yeah, it made me laugh so much. I was like, yeah, that's probably the best advice I've ever been given. And to be honest, since that, yeah, I just like, send you love, send you love. That's it. There's no like ill feeling or anything. I'm just like, yep, I'm the trigger. Lots of love. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think, why it, it, it is so easy for us to just be like, hey, send you light, love, angels, whatever you need. I hope you find it. Because because we realize that it isn't actually about us it's just that we've triggered something within them and uh, like it you, we still have to be responsible for our own energy and words and actions we put out into the world but if that triggers something in somebody else it doesn't that it's not a direct reflection or what they think about us is not necessarily true. And I think realizing that allows me to just send them love much more easily than if I had taken it personally or questioned whether what they said really was true about me or, um, you know, questioned about, you know, what my truth was or what I was sharing with the world. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. Oh, I wanted to ask you about your book, actually, before I forget. Um, Could you tell us about your book, 20 Days of Healing? Yeah, so it is a self-guided workbook that I created based on my live program. And I had hosted maybe five rounds of that live program. And it was just it was always so much fun. And I love to see the immense transformation that the women that were inside would receive in three weeks. And so I just took the best of the best of the uh, exercises and activities we would do inside that live course. And I put it into workbook style. And more specifically, it's for releasing emotional inflammation. So old beliefs that are feeling stuck or heavy or even toxic, or maybe even manifesting in your body as a physical pain or physical symptom, and really awakening to your intuition and looking at these tools that are potentially not in your toolbox yet, probably not in your toolbox yet to expand your holistic healing toolbox to include more options. And just to give these 21 different exercises and activities a try, and then also to go through the healing experience of that in itself, but then to pick and choose at the end of the the 21 different experiences that you have inside the book, which ones really, really resonated with you that you can actually start to to implement into your your every day or one per day so that you just feel really grounded in the support that you have for yourself and the truth of being your own greatest healer. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was so much fun to put the book together. It's, it's got a colored inside and lots of graphics. 
And at the same time, it's not just exercises. There's also a ton of my own personal story woven into why I chose these specific exercises and examples of how I've used them in my life. And it's just, it's honestly like, it's, it's a really it was it was a really proud moment for me to publish it finally in November because fear crept in over and over and over again and finally I was like all right fear you're gonna have to take a back seat and I'm putting this out into the world and it's going to help people so I need to stop holding myself back and I'm just so happy that now it's available it's on Amazon and it, it ships ships everywhere so I'd love for people to, to take a look at it. And I'd love to hear, yeah, if you have any questions about it as well. Um, ooh. What's, whilst you were creating it, what was the biggest takeaway you took? You know, it was really hard to, to pick just 21 different activities. And... I had to remind myself that the the information and the the bits of wisdom and story and, and and healing that were infused into the book, I just had to trust that those were the 21 that were supposed to be in there. And also mm-hmm. to realize that everyone's going to have a different experience on their healing journey, even if they're doing the same exact activity. And so I really had to trust, trust that it the idea of it came to me for a reason that I was supposed to for a reason that the activities were going to land and resonate with the people who needed to hear it. And again, while there was a lot of fear and self doubt and that internal dialogue, that actually was an opportunity to do a lot of healing. I found that writing a book and also building a business have been the just greatest personal development journeys because you're confronted with all your limiting beliefs and your negative shitty self-talk that (laughs) you have to look at and you have to get rid of (laughs) in order for you to grow and to expand and step into your next level. And so I think the book was part also like building that trust with myself and with spirit, but also stepping into my next level through the process of creating it and just, yeah, leaning, leaning into the trust. And when you learn, learn how to lean into trust in that maybe one area of your life, it also becomes easier to lean into trust in all areas of your life. I just want to say I'm so proud of you for creating it because there's so many people out there and especially as empaths don't even realize how their emotional health is affecting their body and I was I was one of those people years ago I had no idea that my emotions were like manifesting into like illnesses or like aches and pains or headaches and for you creating that it's just going to make so much like it makes so much sense for others out there yeah. to really understand it and part of the inspiration behind that it because my this career for me, this evolution of my career started as a health coach. I did focus more on the physical aspects of healing. And certainly you could create a workbook around physical aspects of healing. But as I mentioned in my own personal journey, the emotional was so transformational for me. And I just want to provide an example of that. And that also inspired why the book is more focused on emotional healing. And I'll use my liver as an example. I have numerous examples of ways emotional healing has supported my physical body. But our liver, uh, in general, of course, like everyone holds emotion a little bit differently. But this is also studied in traditional Chinese medicine. The liver holds anger. And so when your liver is backed up and not properly detoxing toxins out of your body, you, you know, you're getting kind of red hot and you're getting, you're holding anger, but you're not expressing the anger. And that was me. Mm. I thought if someone ever told me I was an angry person, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no way. I've ne- I've hardly ever been angry in my entire life. And like this, this like pride and I'm not angry. I never get angry. And when I started doing emotional work and, and diving into emotions that I perceived as more negative that I didn't allow myself to feel, I was like, oh my God, I'm so angry angry. (laughs) I realized that I was just holding on to anger 
and never allowing myself to feel it, express it, or even admit that I was angry, which is to me now I'm like, oh my God, you're ridiculous, Sarah. But there were very real reasons why I was doing that as like a coping and safety mechanism when I was younger. So back to the liver, holding all this anger. And I had, I had lots of reasons to be angry. So it's not super surprising, but I never expressed it. And so when I'm holding that in the liver, well, I could take all the drink, all the dandelion root tea and take all the milk thistle (laughs) supplements like on the planet. But that's not actually going to improve my liver function if part of the issue is that I'm also holding on to anger. And I could see that quite literally because when the liver is backed up, now your skin being the largest detox organ tries to help and take over for the liver. So I had just all sorts of acne and breakouts and, and skin issues, rashes, eczema, like the whole the whole gamut. And when I did the emotional healing, emotional work, and a specifically one of those areas was, because again, there were many, but one was around releasing anger and allowing myself to see anger not as a negative thing or a bad part of me and just go, oh, that made me angry. Interesting. Okay. How can I release this anger? How does this anger want to be expressed? How can I integrate it and not judge myself for it? And when I started to feel that and release the inflammation around it while my liver started functioning better and my acne cleared up and like, Mm. I, I still get an occasional breakout. I don't have perfect skin, but it was was really bad before and it was cystic and I was having all those rashes and those have not come back and it's just a testament to me of, of how powerful the emotional work is that people maybe haven't considered in in relation to a physical symptom that they are feeling and that was so inspiring for me to experience on a personal level and then I felt like that's something I definitely wanted to be able to share with the world through the book as well. I hear you because with my kidney, my dear, it was um, guilt. I had years and years of guilt that I had stored. Um, Also, I was born with it. So I know it's from other lifetimes, hence why that it was a lower percentage. Chinese medicine, kidneys um, also are related to fear and holding to fear. So that could be really interesting. And if you're, if past ancestors and lineage Mm -hmm. had a reason to like really fear for their lives or be afraid for some reason that that could have definitely been passed down. Yeah. Especially on like the female side of like my ancestors. I know for a fact there was a lot of fear and guilt and like, I probably like the first to be herself (laughs) without limitations. So like I was clearing generational patterns yeah (laughs) and it's so powerful like when like just the work that you're doing because like when we realize that that's when we can go in and do the clearing like you said and then everything else like the medicines or like well not really medicines but like vitamins and stuff we can then apply that but just like you said applying just those vitamins is not going to heal the root cause Right. Ab- absolutely. It, and it's not to say don't do that because yeah. you can certainly get support in that way. And I work with a functional uh, medicine doctor to help me with, you know, the parasites and things that I can't necessarily like just dissolve in yeah. my body. But it is so much more powerful and impactful when you look at all sides of it and you really do address it in a truly holistic way, not just a holistic physical way, a holistic as a, like all aspects of yourself, all layers of your energy. And because I was at the point where I'm like, I'm meditating and I'm eating all these <laughs> the right foods and I'm taking 30 supplements a day. Why the hell don't I feel better? What's wrong with me? Like, why don't I feel better? And I really felt like I was doing everything, quote, right. And again, I finally had to just break down in order to break through and realize that, yeah, I was doing uh, I was doing a lot of good things for my body, but let's go back to the liver for just as an example. If I never released the anger I was holding my body, well, then that anger was always going to sit there and I was always going to feel it in some way. So it's just it's going back to science class and remembering like physics around energy can be created, but not destroyed. So every emotion has an energy, it has a frequency, it has a vibration, and we can either hold on to that energy of anger and let it live inside of us, or we can transform it, integrate it, recycle it, release it. And that's so much more powerful. And it empowers you, again, to be your own healer when you realize that there's not a surgery that you can get to release anger from your body. Yeah. 
you <laughs> you have to go inward and you have to sit sometimes in the discomfort. But I also have found, especially with working with my one-on-one clients, that the discomfort of sitting in whatever the emotion is that you've been avoiding is actually much, much less uncomfortable than the energy you've been exerting and avoiding it for maybe one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. That's actually much more exhausting and much more painful than actually just sitting in the negative emotion briefly. And what we learn is that you don't, it doesn't last. It doesn't sit there forever. You don't have to sit in it forever. If you just give it a little bit of, of, uh, uh, attention on the stage of like, okay, here I am. I, like, I don't want to be an angry person. I don't want to be a sad person forever. But this feeling doesn't make me a sad person or a angry person. It's just an emotion that we all experience as human beings. And it's part of what makes us unique, unique as human beings. So let's honor that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, oh gosh, we are coming towards the end of the show. Wow. I just <laughs> looked at the time. <laughs> wow. Um, it's so much fun talking to you. I love this. Oh, me too. Just we've we've spoken about so much today, and I just I love it because it just shows how much as empaths there's so much like we can learn and grow. And wow, yeah. Thank you yeah. for everything. Um, I've got three more questions left for you. Uh, okay. The first one is, what are your five top tips for someone who is an empath but they don't know how to take their power back? Mm, okay. I have so many tips for protecting energy, but I would also say that like one tip for empaths in general is to learn how to protect your energy. If you don't know how to do that, please reach out. I have resources. I'm sure there's many other resources that can help you to protect your energy. The second would be to also become more aware, like like a filter of, of energy so that you're not just sponging everything and instead you're asking really empowering questions around what you're feeling like, is this mine or is, is this not mine? Is this somebody else's? So you can realize what you're just picking up from the collective versus what is truly yours to carry. Uh, and then along with the protection, number three, I would say also really build your toolbox with cleansing uh, techniques as well, because sometimes we are a sponge and we do soak up something. I've been feeling this so much in the context of the world right now and the pandemic that we're experiencing worldwide. And I, I've felt fear of the from the collective that's yeah. not mine. So, OK, yeah. now I, I was the sponge. Oops. It like it snuck in. So I need also <laughs> cleansing techniques to be able to to release this mm -hmm. um four I would say like own it own your empath powers don't feel embarrassed or like your sensitivity is a weakness your sensitivity is so effing empowering and it is it can be your greatest gift and it can help guide you on your soul's path and your soul's purpose and what you're meant to do in this world and gosh, number five, I would say also just to allow yourself to feel all the, the whole rainbow, the whole spectrum of emotions that we get to experience as human beings and realize that life is happening for you, not to you. And mm -hmm. so as the empath, we can feel wounded, we can feel victimized. But again, that's that choice. So is life happening to me and all these things are being thrown at me? Or am I choosing to feel empowered? Am I choosing to see how these things are happening for me in my life and helping me grow? And it's okay that I'm experiencing all of these different emotions. So those are the five I can think of right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Wow. Yeah. They're definitely going to help. Thank you for everyone out there. Like, just try those five things. Even if it's just one thing today, just go for it. Yeah. And the magic will happen. And <laughs> um, what are you most grateful for? Uh, honestly, what comes up for me right now, because there's so many things I'm grateful for, but what's really <laughs> coming up strong for me right now is I'm so grateful for my brothers and the the form that they've taken I didn't mention this in our conversation today but I also lost my other brother about five months ago wow. and so 
both my younger brothers are now gone, but I still feel them all the time. And I know that they are this energy of a spirit guide for me. And I'm so grateful for their support and their protection and their guidance on this path that of taking really big leaps of faith in, in my life and in my business. And I'm just so grateful too, even though I would love to have them in, in human form, I am still really grateful that I am still connected to them in some way and that I get to still have some sort of relationship with their spirit, even though their, again, physical form is no longer here. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're guiding you. They're always there. Yeah, I could I could feel it as you were saying it as well. I was like, oh, <laughs> they're there. They're like, they're right next to you right now, I feel almost. <laughs> yeah, I do. When I, especially when I'm on podcasts, for some reason, I feel like they really help me during interviews. And I, I usually feel one of them on each side. So one on the left Ooh. and one on the right. And just yeah. uh, like this warm blanket of, of like, Sarah, you're going to be okay. It's all going to be all right. And, and they both have left me with so much inspiration and who they were in their living life was inspiring and has taught me so many things even if my relationships weren't perfect with them I, I learned so much through them thank you for sharing that it's yeah. powerful what and what shines your inner light mm-hmm. mm, can you say that one again and what shines your inner light Ooh. <laughs> uh, again so many things I really I love to empower women, especially women who label themselves as highly sensitive. And it, it helps me shine knowing that I'm also lifting other people up into my light and to empower them to speak their truth and to stand up for themselves and to realize that they are so deserving of their desires and they they don't have to choose this or that they get to have it all and when I have the humbling opportunity of guiding a woman through that process and helping her step into her power especially if she feels like it's been stripped or taken away from her I just, I light up and it, I, it's, it's contagious. It's very <laughs> contagious to be in the energy of a woman who knows her worth and her power. And I hope I get to just keep doing this for, for however long I want to do this until I maybe retire someday, but <laughs> it's so empowering and it really brings a light to my life to, to hold that space for other women. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for being on the show and just being another bright light in this world and really helping empaths to know their worth and just tap into their sensitivity and their power. Thank you. Seriously, like I've just loved this conversation today and just thank you and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. You're a wonderful interviewer and it was just really fun to come on today. Thanks again. Wow. That was just an amazing conversation and just really shows the power of healing and the power of trusting from all within and the power of just listening to what your soul is here to do in this world. And just Sarah, thank you for everything that you shared today, because I know there's a lot of people here today who who are probably currently going through a lot of health problems and are empaths and don't really know what to do. So do check out her book and, and check out her website and just if it resonates with you, message Sarah. This week, I want to leave you with this quote. As empaths, we are not here to be sponges or enablers. We are here to be helpers, guides and supporters. That's a quote by Alethea Luna. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshandel.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.